Every morning we have a little coffee session in my office. About this time of year, the same topics come up. Everybody's kind of tired, everybody's on edge, everybody's ready to be done and not enough time to do it. A few years back, Coach Franken's gonna, Coach Ron's going to know what I'm talking about. This guy used to come in, been coaching over 40 years. He was never worried about nothing. <laughs> and he was just happy. I said, how do you do it? 40 years in the same. He said, I leave in June and go to the mountains, and I come back in August. I said, well, how does that help you? He said, after about seven to ten days, it just all leaves you. He said, we stay, there's no phones, no TV, very seldom news. We have to drive to use the phone. And he said, it just leaves you. And unless we have that experience, we don't probably know how much is on us, do we? Or how much that what's going on in our lives affect our attitudes about how we handle others, how we deal with others. And now's the time you, you can turn on the news and somebody's writing about something. Somebody's upset about something. People are drawing lines in the sand and we're picking sides. And he said, I do this because I go to the mountain and it's all gone. I don't have to deal with that for two months. And I get rejuvenated. So things that go in our lives affect us quite a bit. And that led me to the topic, love thy neighbor. Uh, sometimes we get focused on moving forward with our lives and don't realize others may be in need. Someone may be struggling and about to give up. And this morning we're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan where Jesus was asked a question by a lawyer, what do I need to do to, uh, to inherit eternal life? The lawyer answered, uh, Jesus asked, what is written in law to the lawyer? And he answered, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, strength, and thy neighbor as himself. And Jesus said, you're right, do this and ye shall live. The lawyer then asked, who is my neighbor? You know, a neighbor, I think about somebody living next to me, I think the definition was close by, fellow countrymen is what neighbor means right here, fellow countrymen. So we're supposed to love our neighbors. So we'll go over to the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus said, answering, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him dead. So a guy was traveling ran across a band of thieves, he's going down a path. They stripped him, took his stuff, and left him for dead. That's a thieves mentality, a robber's mentality. That's one of the characters we're going to talk about this morning. And by chance came away a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed to the other side. And likewise a Levite, and when at the place came and looked at him, and passed him by on the other side. A priest and a Levite, holy men, of the time. Came by, saw, walked around. Do you see that happen in today's society? Something else we'll discuss later on. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and saw him and had compassion on him and went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring, oil, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to the inn to take care of him. And on the morrow then he departed, he took out two pence and gave to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come, I will repay thee. Which of these three thinkest thou was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? The Samaritan, which was a hereditary enemy to the Jews, 
This man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, but an enemy of the Jews helped him. He had a priest that walked by and Levite, <laughs> and thieves took from him. But the Samaritan stopped and helped. He that showed mercy on him, and he said, he that showed mercy on him, and then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. We're going to look at these three characters in the parable. The robbers, the priest, and the Levite, and the Samaritan. The attitudes they showed in the word of the traveler reflect some of the attitudes we see in people today. The robbers, what is yours is mine. I deserve better. The priest and the Levite, not my problem. And the mine is mine attitude. And the Samaritan that helped the, helped the fellow man in the mine is yours attitude. We're going to begin with the, the robbers. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, covets, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that do good. Robbers will usually take from someone something that they want. They usually see, you usually steal from someone weaker than them. They feel as though they're owed something and they will take it. They feel that the weak can't defend, then it is their right to take it from them. And you know, we, we read here that the world has wicked paths and the robbers walk in a wicked path. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not except that they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. There are paths that we can take that lead to violence and turmoil. And when we take that path, we, might, we don't need to be surprised when unpleasant things happen to us. A while back, we had a gentleman from Lubbock. He worked in the EMS, come talk to our students. And I'm not going to preach on vaping or whatever, but that's what it, we thought we were getting. But through this, he went over synthetic drugs and how people trick others into doing things. And he showed something was about as graphic as I've ever seen. And it got the kids' attention. You know, we're going down these wicked paths. There were three friends. They, they, they came along some synthetic drugs and were filming, each of them taking hits on it. One took one and just kind of sat back. Nothing happened. The second friend took one. And immediately you could tell it affected him. His face kind of got like he was struggling. He started seizing up, started throwing up, and did that for a while and eventually fell back on the ground and started seizing and going to the bathroom on himself. The film's kid, they're still filming this. Friends, his friends are still filming this. People that you think would care about you are still filming. He said his arms go up, and they said, well, the outer part of the brain's dying. They're losing oxygen, so the arms go up. Kid's still filming. Nobody went and got help. Hands started clenching. It's working its way in, and eventually he cut it off when he was in the fetal position because the inner brain was dying at this time. His friends filmed it. Didn't run and get help. His friends. They went down a wicked path. <laughs> and those paths, when I was growing up, and I'm talking to some young people now, all of us can go down this path, but the young people, when I was growing up, you had to go find wicked paths. You had to really go look for trouble to find it. 
Now trouble's right in your laps every day with the way the media, social media and stuff, and we have to be careful. These were friends. Nobody went and got help. Now I'm going to tell you about the friends. If they would went and got help, he was going to die anyway. But the thought never crossed their mind. So we have to, to, to watch the paths we go down because there's wickedness out there. And we have to be grounded. We have to be looking at things above. We have to be doing God's will to stay away from it. And as Christians, for those two that survived, that one got robbed of his life, didn't he? His family got robbed of his, their son. But the two that survived, we can't harden our hearts to that. We have to pray for them. We have to pray that their eyes are open. Uh, because if we're not, nobody is. So don't let our world, uh, our, our cells get hardened and lose compassion for others while we're surrounded. Roberts also had what is mine is yours attitude. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where any envying and strife is, there is a confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and, and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, we might not go out and rob and take people's belongings, but have we ever tried to move up in standing at somebody else's expense? <laughs> have we ever tried to, to, have we ever said anything that tore somebody else down to build us up? You know, when we do those things, we're selfish and envious, and we don't need that in our hearts. We need to be proud of one another uh, and proud of their accomplishments. You know, there was a, a basketball team. They just they made a, there's a junior high basketball team that just got picked. They had to try out. So among the ten, they're trying to figure out who's going to be the captain. They start the arguments. They start the arguments. Well, I'm, I ought to be captain. I'm this. And I, one boy saw that. You know, nobody was going to give, so he went in and started shooting baskets like he signed up to do. Not argue about what he deserves or what he should get or what is his. So the coach comes along 30 minutes later, and they're still bickering about who's going to be captain. They're not, they don't even realize the captain of what? Of the basketball team they need to go practice and shoot. They're, not, they're worried about what they're going to get. What's mine is mine. I deserve it. I deserve it. So the coach comes along and says, well, we're going to shoot 10 free throws. Whoever makes the most is the captain. Guess who was in there practicing? He had the most free throws. He was the captain. And while I tell that story, we don't need to get so caught up in what we are and what we, in, in, in the, how to move up in, in this world and lose what the real thing's about. It's to love one another. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love thy neighbor. We don't need to get so caught up in this world that we forget that and have the what is, what is yours is mine attitude. Now we're going to look at the priest and Levite, not my problem. Hereby perceive that we love God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath the world good and seeth the brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. The priest and the Levite are both considered holy people. They noticed the man and then walked on the other side. They didn't beat, they didn't rob him, they didn't steal from him. But they just ignored him. 
not my problem. Just ignored him, then go help. It doesn't say the traveler knew they did this. What if that traveler sees a priest coming? Oh, good, I'm finally going to get help. And then he notices he just walks by. And then here comes the Levite. I'm finally going to get help. Walks across the road and goes by. How would you feel? Would you feel hopeless? Would you think there was hope? You know, as Christians, if we see someone in need and just walk by, how, how do they feel toward Christians? Did we help one another? You know, this, this didn't happen, happen in a bad way to me necessarily, but I was driving back from Wellington one day and had one of those summer rains where everything hit and oil came up the road, a hydroplane, and hit the bridge. Coach Decker was with me, and we both thought we was going in the bridge through the Bonnie and Clyde deal. Is that bridge. I got out and looked, had a blowout, and I pulled over. The guy we farmed with drove by, didn't even look at us, and we was trying to fix it. And this is, this is really going to make you laugh. My mom and dad drove by and just kept going. And that wasn't in times of phones. The only one that stopped was the highway patrol, and they gave me a ticket for hitting the bridge. But I, if I'd have had a phone, I'd have probably called and said, hey, I had a jack, and we was getting it done, but they drove by and never noticed us. It's a bad feeling. And those in the world that are hopeless and think there's nowhere to go, we need to be a light and show them where to go. We need to help. Not have the, the priest and Levite's attitude about not my problem. We read Proverbs 21 and 13. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he shall also cry himself, but shall not be heard. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. In Hebrews 13 and 16, do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices as pleasing to God. If we ignore others in need, we may not be heard when we're, we're in need. There are many ways to help others. We always think about finances, but we can help them with time, just an ear, just a handshake, just a hug, just to show you matter. A lot of times people just need to know they matter. That's a lot of what they need to feel like that they are somebody in this world and somebody cares for me. So we always need to never pass up our opportunity. We not, might not be able to solve every problem they have and probably can't, but we can be a positive force and touch their lives in a positive way. We're to build up others. When then that are strong ought to bear the firmties of the weak and not to please ourselves, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. We should help others that are in need. We do this because we want to help them in need, not to get praise for the help. We need to be sincere in actions when we help those in need. Here's a story that kind of sums it up, and I couldn't remember all this, so I'll just put it here. I'll read it. This is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to do, and everybody was asked to do it. Everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody would do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. In the end, it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done.
I see someone in need. It's somebody that's had highway patrolman's job to stop and help. I guess that's what my mom and dad thought. If we see someone in need, let's help. Sean might can do more for them. Garland might can do more for them. Brandon than I could do, but I can pray for them. I can put my arm around them and stand by them. Let's remember we need to love thy neighbor and, not, and do it ourselves when we see a need and not depend on somebody else to do it. We'll go back. We also see in James 2 and 20, I didn't put this up, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. We do not need to be like the priest and Levite and have the attitude, mine is mine. It's not my problem. Now we'll look at the Samaritan. I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, he, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We don't all, we can give to others and the older I get, when I was a kid, I didn't believe this necessarily because I was growing up. But to look on somebody's face when you go lift their day, isn't that worth it? I know the teachers in here that with the kids, when, when their lives bright up, light up and they're happy and they've learned something, doesn't that feel good? As Christians, when we do something good for somebody and you see them light up, you ought to feel good for them because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we need to have the mind is yours attitude like the uh, Samaritan did. There was a mother getting ready to cook breakfast and her griddle only could do two pancakes at a time. And this is an attitude we don't necessarily need to have. <laughs> and the two young brother and older brother were fighting over who's going to eat first. I guess because they had two pancakes <laughs> is what they were going to eat. And the mother said, this is a teachable moment. So she said, if Jesus was sitting here, what would he say? And the little boys didn't say anything. She said, he would say, let my brother go first. So the youngest one popped off and said, well, let my brother be Jesus. <laughs> Is that our attitude sometimes? We need to think of others. That's not the attitude we want to have. We want to let our brothers go first, and mine is yours attitude. You know, the Samaritans, we see they, they would have no dealings with the Jews. We read in John 4 and 7, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of the Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I put this in because the, the Samaritan was an enemy to the Jews, and show, but he showed compassion to the traveler. He helped him, cared for him there, took him to an inn, and gave two days' wages to pay for care, and said he'd come back and pay for more if needed. That was the enemy of the Jews, the Samaritan. And we see we need to love our enemies. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend ho hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the, to, unto the unthankful and to the evil. Your neighbor might be your biggest enemy that you've ever had. But you still need to love and care about them and, and care about their well-being. You ask how you do it. I've had friends that were mad at me or people that were mad. And some of them were friends that if I went to them, they'd hit me in the nose. <laughs> well, I can't be friends. I can't love that. I'm not going to go tell him I love him and get hit in the nose. You might do it once, but you might not go back twice. 
the things we can do for people, pray for them. Pray for wisdom of above, how to handle it. Look in the Bible, search the scriptures. In the very first time you see him in need, what do you do? Him or her? Have your hand there ready to help. Don't hold it here. Don't have a hard heart to them. Love your enemies. He has showed, showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require, what doth the Lord require thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. You know, I found this saying of D.L. Moody was an evangelist back in, uh, I think, the late 1800s. I believe, and he said this, I believe firmly that the moment of our hearts are emptied in pride, of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition in the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. Caught up, I think that's what we do sometimes. We might get caught up in the world and ambition and everything in it. We do not need to let this be the direction we take. We need to love thy neighbor. We don't need the mine is, yours is mine attitude, not my problem attitude. We need the attitude what is mine is yours and give because that's what we're commanded to do. God loves every one of us. He created all us all in his image. Love thy neighbor. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.